to another fabulous episode of Pageants and Prosecco. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is going to be a good episode for you guys featuring Miss United States. We are sipping with Alexia Robinson. But before we get to the episode, let me tell you a little bit about more a little bit more about Alexia. She's been an avid golfer since she was 13. And like you hear in the episode, she has a passion for medicine and of course everything science. Her passion for medicine led her to pursuing a bachelor's degree in biochemistry from the University of Missouri, Columbia. Currently, Alexia works in the neonatology neurology department at Washington University in St. Louis and just applied for medical school. She's an aspiring physician and wants to work for the NFL. She's partnered with IFM Community Medicine Mobile Clinic, where she serves as a mentor, a volunteer, and a peer advocate. And you'll hear more about the clinic and her endeavors in this episode. And the clinic provides free healthcare screenings, treatment, and vaccinations across 19 locations in Missouri that Alexia is involved in. Her favorite location is Covenant House, where she's able to help homeless teens adjust to life after leaving a homeless shelter, educate them on making healthy lifestyle choices, and promote secondary STEM education. With her current title as Miss United States 2019, Alexia has a mission to bring awareness about issues plaguing underrepresented urban communities and to advocate for preventative medicine in these communities across the country. Her pageant endeavors has led her to compete as Miss Alabama Earth USA 2016, Miss Missouri, of course, United States 2019, and we see where that led her, led her to be Miss United States 2019. Like I said, her bachelor's is in biochemistry, and now she's a master's student at Washington University in St. Louis. And she is, of course, in school, getting straight A's. So tune in, get your glass, and sip with us as we get to know a little bit more about Alexia Robinson, Miss United States. Stay tuned. Hello, Alexia. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us on Pageants and Prosecco. It's an honor to have you, especially because we had Miss United States Andromeda on last season. So to now have you as our newly crowned Miss United States, it's truly a pleasure to work with both of you queens and to have you guys on the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and hope to share a little bit about my pageant story. So why don't we just start from there? What was the first pageant? We know you're a national title holder now, of course. But what was the first competition you entered? My first competition, I was 20 years old, and it was Miss Northeast Counties, which is the preliminary pageant to Miss Missouri that then goes on to be Miss America. How did you do? I was second runner-up at this pageant. Oh, nice. What prompted you to keep going? Did you get bit by the bug at that time? Yes, it was instant. I had never done anything like that. I've always been very academic. I did dance as my onstage talent, which I cannot dance. One thing I always tell people is when I dance, objects get broken, people get hurt. Um, (laughs) Like, it's a factual statement. I have no rhythm. Like, it's terrible. So... For me to do that, it was something completely different. And then it was my first time 
being around just such strong women like I think every pageant girl the ones I've met the ones that I haven't met are the most motivated committed and overachieving individuals so to see that to have that become like I know I kind of started gravitating towards those people and I truly believe that you're the average of five people you hang around. So then most of my friends started becoming pageant girls. I felt like I started developing a lot of their positive attributes and I, I was just wanting to continue to stay in it. So with the Mission United States title, how many pageants have you competed in so far? Um, well, let's see, because I took lots of breaks, so I kind of lost count. Um, I did, I did that one local for Miss America, and then I was going to do another local, but I think I got distracted with school, and then I stepped into USA, and I did Miss Missouri USA once, didn't place, and then I did USA again for Missouri, didn't place. I was very frustrated. I thought about quitting pageants, Um, (laughs) just because I'm like, it's so much money, and I'm not even placing. Maybe it's just not meant to be. And took some time off, but then I decided to return again, and I was Miss Missouri United States for a very brief period, resigned, and then I became Miss Alabama, Miss Alabama Earth, Earth USA, mm-hmm. and then went to nationals, um, didn't place, but won the runway award that year, um, the McDougal runway award, and then I took some time off again did um miss alabama usa placed i think it was top 10 that year i lost to hannah brown um the most recent bachelorette and then i took two years off i think two i think it was like two or one year off because i was really adamant i just thought i was done i was in a happy place and i was like okay i finally placed so maybe this was my story maybe i was never meant to win in this place so i'm gonna focus on school i had this giant travel list i knew i wanted to see the world um do some other things um and i was happy i thought i was done and then i decided to enroll at miss missouri this year one week before the state pageant Wow. And here we are. <laughs> so what have you been doing with your titles, Miss United States? I've been doing a lot. Um, so since I won, I my platform is dedicated to serving underserved communities. So um, I'm naturally, I'm interviewing for medical school also right now. And my goal is to become an orthopedic surgeon and work for the NFL. Wow. So I... I kind of have this model when I do pageants and this was my, always my idea, like, is I don't like to do service to say, Oh, I'm doing service. So I do things that I already was doing. Um, so throughout all of undergrad, I was very involved on my campus and hospitals working with clinics. And so I wanted to incorporate that and show it during my pageant reign, because I think it's great that I am going into medicine and I feel like I don't get to see it often with a lot of title holders. So I wanted to show different things. And I also have a rule that I only want to do service in communities that I feel like nobody ever goes to. So um, a few of the organizations I've partnered with are, as far as mobile clinics go, one is Kids Vision for Life. And what they do is they hold free eye examinations in schools that are predominantly Medicaid, which if you're not familiar, Medicaid is given to people who are considered um, 
it's uh, financially needy and um, it helps afford a lot of, you know, routine medical things. But however, Medicaid doesn't always cover everything. Sure. Um, There are always, you know, insurance is really tricky and there are always these things that, you know, can be pre-existing conditions or other type of conditions, or you might only have a certain service provider that you can go to. And oftentimes your service provider might be like a hundred miles away. So the good thing about mobile clinics is that they can bring healthcare to you when you might not often have it. So with kids vision for life, I'm able to give the eye exams and then also like on the, it's a little handheld device that we have. It will show if the child has myopia, hyperopia, any other type of astigmatism or anything wrong with their eyes and give Mm -hmm. back the corrective prescription that we need to give them in their glasses. And then we provide them with a free pair of glasses. So that's an organization I'm with. And then I've partnered also with the individual familiar medicine mobile clinic. And that mobile clinic also called IFM has 19 locations throughout St. Louis. And with that, they, um, they offer free healthcare services to at-risk youth without insurance. So for instance, Covenant House is a location that I like a lot, and it's a homeless shelter for at-risk teens who are on the streets. And most of these teens also come from an area that's high in sex trafficking. So I do a lot of work with them, a lot of preventative medicine work, such as like trauma yoga, informational classes. Um, I was able to also partner with the Midwest... um, kidney transplant center and or no it's midwest transplanter senator of america and basically i got to help make kidney health promotion videos because unfortunately in a lot of these communities which i hate to go into this long medical topic i've probably been talking for forever <laughs> but i get very passionate about it so and i we feel see. like it's something people don't know about so you know when people like let's say you're someone on food stamps because most of the time if you're on medicaid chances are you're probably on food stamps When you go to the store and you have food stamps, you're already living in an area that has a food desert. And what a food desert is, is, you know, you're not going to have the same type of foods when you go into your grocery store, if you even have a grocery store in the area, because most of the time it's a lot of convenience stores with a lot of foods that are like high fructose corn syrup, everything else we don't need in our body. Or beer and and liquor stores. Yeah, lots of that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. when you look at the cost of a bag of spinach, a bag of spinach might run you $5. When you look at the cost of ramen noodles, you can get 50 packs of ramen noodles for the cost of one bag of spinach. So oftentimes people are more likely to get that to stretch their dollar the best that they can. And it doesn't cover hot foods and things like that. So um, kidney health videos are very important because a lot of people will be like, well, this is cheap food now. I can have it now. I'm hungry now. But with these videos, you're able to be like, okay, well, you can have your noodles, but don't use that packet. Maybe use this instead for seasoning because this has 300 times your daily amount of sodium in it. And this is going to lead to hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. And unfortunately, in these communities, these are prevalent chronic issues that are also preventable. So that's one thing that like I'm really advocating for. So, you know, I work with all the locations. They have a crisis nursery and crisis nursery are babies who are, you know, kind of taken from their parents for a variety of reasons, which this is going to introduce why I was just in Alabama last week at the Adulam house. But a crisis nursery, they are able to take a baby from a mom after 48 hours. If the mom um, can't take care of the baby, oftentimes moms will just give their babies away. Um, 
I was just at a doulum house in um in Alabama and what that is is it is a private school for children whose parents are incarcerated in Alabama um one of the biggest issues is, of course, meth, and 80% of the inmates in the women's correctional facility were convicted on meth charges. And one thing I got to see when I was working with the crisis nursery is all the children who might be born of either women who have been addicted to meth, heroin, or any other type of drug, they oftentimes, um, these babies have lasting effects. You know, these babies are born addicted. They have to wean babies off in the NICU of, um, you know, morphine and various other things. And um, it's just, it's really sad to see. But so that's kind of what I've chosen to do my reign with. I've done various other things. Um, Had a cupcake promotion with Jilly's Cupcakes, who she was on the show Cupcake Wars. Uh I've been to New York for... um, I did a, a service project with, well, not a project, but I went to a smile train party, um, which you often see a lot of the Miss USA girls doing smile train. Um, and I, I've done a lot of stuff. It's kind of difficult. It to sounds like off. it. Um, <laughs> and you're really only I, halfway through your reign right now. Yeah. I got to shadow my favorite doctor. Um, I did a few podcasts that I know come out later this month and then I um I was supposed to talk at a school today but it snowed so I'm not talking there and I've been planning out my February oh let me not forget about Texas I'll be going to Texas once a month I was just in Texas um the end of December and I'm working with uh Foundation for Choice which what they are is they help at-risk youth in the state of Texas prepare for college because um most at-risk youth don't actually go to college and of the ones that do go to college 80% drop out and so where I come in is um, I actually own my own academic prep company called Superior Academic Consulting and I tutor for the ACT I provide prep materials and study schedules and everything and so I'm donating my online program to them and helping to establish um getting kids like better ACT scores and stuff, as well as help with the Common App and hosting a few seminars because a lot of these kids from these communities are trying to be first-generation students that go off to college and their parents might not be equipped to know what a FAFSA is. Half of them don't have legal parents. So that also creates a lot of issues and I just hope to do my part. (laughs) Well, it definitely seems like you are. Holy cow. Yeah. It's a lot. How do you balance it all? Um, how do I? Cupcakes? I love <laughs> cupcakes a lot. So I probably stress eat too much. But um, I keep a very detailed schedule. I also still um, work in research. I work in research in the pediatric neurology department at WashU. So mm-hmm. um, a typical week for me is Mondays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm normally in lab from about 7 a.m. to 6 at night. Um, I wake up in the morning and work out. And then since I own my own business, I am solidly booked with clients from about 6 p.m. from the minute I leave lab. This is assuming I get out on time, which my boss, who is a phenomenal physician, he likes to talk a lot. So I never (laughs) get out on time. So it puts me behind at the end of my day. 
And then I am normally booked from six to midnight. And on the weekends, like for instance, this Sunday, I'm booked with clients from about 5 a.m. until midnight. This is back to back on top of each other, all people prepping for the ACT, SAT. And normally Thursday, um, I try to like, if I'm leaving town, which it is my goal to attend as many states as possible. I have a pretty extensive travel list. I go to Italy on Wednesday. Um, and then I'll be there for a week and, um, I just, I normally like, will leave town on like a Thursday, come back on a Sunday. I still see clients when I'm doing my Miss United States duties. Um, and so I've, I've kind of got a system going. I keep things very detailed down to the minute on what I have to do. Alexia, one thing I want to ask you. Um, wait, but first, of course, this is pageants and Prosecco. So I do want to know, do you have a favorite type of libation or wine that you enjoy? Um, I like all alcoholic beverages. <laughs> My favorite drink isn't wine. It's actually a Manhattan, which is bourbon. And I like the cherries. I really like the nice, um, I think they're called Maritino cherries, the dark cherries that have been like soaking and you know the bourbon and stuff mm-hmm. and I'm very big on my cherry to Hatton ratio I like always shorten the word Manhattan and call it a Hatton and I like seven cherries in it like on the stick because the cherries are so good so that's my favorite beverage and then I my favorite beer is Kentucky bourbon barrel ale so I drink wine like but those would be my go-to's first not a bad choice I don't I don't really drink too much dark it turns me to a different person I don't drink much dark either I'm a rosé girl I like rosé I rosé a lot um yeah rosé I feel like also might be my signature drink like I'll have a Manhattan if I go out but when I'm at home I do drink a lot of rosé I normally like um I like to like I guess like rosé during the day rosé in the evening like (laughs) rosé all day rosé all day yeah I mean that's it's the reason why that phrase became popular. Like I'll, um, I like to cook. So like when I'm meal prepping, I drink rosé. When I um, am Netflixing, I might drink rosé or celebrating something, drink rosé. <laughs> it sounds like I drink all the time. But right now I'm actually not drinking an alcoholic beverage because I, I do like a lot of alcohol. And like with me traveling and stuff, like a lot for Miss United States and just volunteering like I've been enjoying the culture of everywhere I go and wanting to eat local foods and like I have to detox from all the fried everything from the last two weeks so yeah we're all on a like holiday detox right now yeah I have like uh what I drink alternative to when I'm craving wine but like don't want to drink it because those calories add up fast yeah um I drink sparkling water or kombucha i like kombucha i love kombucha oh my gosh i yeah. really met somebody that liked it everybody says it tastes so gross I love everyone it. else sucks you're I smart like it. Yes. <laughs> it tastes like, like, it tastes like yeah a little bit i like it i can i like the flavor kombuchas <laughs> yeah i like the ginger aid you know the ginger with the cayenne and everything so mm-hmm. i like that um and then i'm trying to like only indulge when like i go out and stuff so and it also balances with like you know weight and everything but yeah so that's what i'm drinking now is sparkling spring water trader joe's raspberry lime oh that still works for us um i do want to ask you because 
we know the missionary state system is going through a transition period and it might be on the other side of that transition now. What is something about the United States system that you want to share with our listeners that they might not know already? Or why would you even have people consider this system to compete in next? Um, I think it's a plethora of reasons. Um, As you can see from my pageant history, I've competed in every system. And there are certain things I liked in certain systems, certain things I didn't like. Um, And these are my own opinions from my own experiences. Um, In America, I like the original Miss America. I do not like 2.0. I don't agree with the direction it's going in. My friend was Miss DC, and there was a lot of controversy surrounding that with her platform being on rape and stuff. Um, So I don't support that system. I still support the Miss Universe organization. I liked it better before, but like I still support it and I agree agree that people should still do it. Um, But Miss United States, I feel like, one, I like the family aspect to it. I like how, you know, there are littles that can look up to me. For instance, I'm going to be helping the junior team with her ACT coming up. Um, And I like that I still have a Mrs. and a Ms. Woman and stuff that I can seek to for advice. So I like that. Um, I also feel, based off the title holders that were selected this year, that I feel like, and, you know, I've, um, I've talked to, like, you know, all my sister queens, that it's a... I feel like we're normal, relatable people. Like with me, I still, you know, work my research job. I'm trying to get into med school. I, I try to, you know, help people to the best that I can. I don't filter my pictures. I show pretty much every detail of my life on my Instagram. And so I think that that's important. I think that it's important that each of us have goals and are educated. Um, I feel like we're kind of the full package. I feel like we the girls like when I looked at like let's say let's take everyone in the top five I thought everyone was healthy weight healthy size I felt like we could all be ourselves and what I like was I felt like the pageant was fair um you know certain pageants in the past I felt were a little biased but it could have been huh a little suspect Yes, you know, and I've heard of the controversy surrounding Miss World America this year and stuff. And for me this year, I had to apply to med school. And I was also finishing up school at Washington University in St. Louis. And my credit, like the cost of a credit hour was like 1200 per credit hour. So um, I took 10 credit hours over the summer. And I also applied to med school and I spent about 10,000 on applications. So I dropped about $20,000 this summer on academic related ordeals Um, (laughs) yeah which I was anticipating I would have to reapply to med school so I just had that money ready because it's very expensive and I applied to 70 schools so I it's an investment so we gotta look at that like that yeah so like leading up to the pageant and me enrolling in the state pageant one week before the pageant um naturally I had people that were in my corner I'm good friends with Gasper Cruz so he let me borrow a dress for state And then I, you know, I've always shopped on resale websites. So I got my Elise King swimsuit, the one that I wore at state and at nationals off a resale shop for $25. And it normally retailed for over 600. Um, I always buy my jewelry off eBay. (laughs) Like I find like this one like reseller and they're always under like $20. So I got my hair done before, well, the, the posh, Posh KC, they sponsored my hair and makeup at state. And then leaving for nationals, I got my hair done at my local hair salon. And I was like, it better last. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't for makeup. I know that like I'm not skilled with makeup, so I was like, okay, well, this is an investment, but I don't want to spend money on the perfect face because I think that they're all talented makeup artists. But if you're spending fourteen hundred dollars a day on makeup, girl, fourteen hundred dollars a cost. day. I inquired about it's excessive. It. They're all talented, but I don't think anyone needs to spend that on makeup. That's just yeah. my own they personal have to opinion. Travel there, or was that just no? That's if like the person like travels tra- to you to like do your makeup from the perfect face. They charge that per day. You can have another person that you split the cost with, but you also have to cover that person's hotel and accommodations and flight. So I just, I didn't find it worth it. And then there were a few other people that were charging 500 a day. I did want Gaspar Cruz to do my makeup. um, But then I was just like decided like, you know what, I'm going to have to, um, I just, at med school, that's most important. If I win the pageant, great. If I don't, it wasn't meant to be, but this is my dream to become a doctor. So I'm going to put my money into this instead. So I looked up hashtag Las Vegas makeup artists. I sent a generic test to all, to all the people that like showed up that like I thought could do good makeup. And I was like, my name's Alexia. I'm Miss Missouri. I'm competing here on these dates. I need makeup. I don't want to pay more than $100 per day for my face to get done. And you need to come to my room at the hotel this time. So a few people responded and the first person that like of the email I opened ended up being the person I chose. His name's Ty. He's only 18 years old at the time. And granted, he's never done a black face before. So that is also <laughs> like, but I'm like, I don't want to deal with this problem. So like, let's just, you know, do, do, do that. So I, um, he was only 75 a day. So I did that and I invested a lot of money into coaching. I didn't really pay like buy any of the you know there's always optionals at pageants and stuff and all the other stuff the vendors were selling and I used to feel like in the past I have to buy this to win I have to work with these people that they're suggesting or else I won't win and this year I just did my thing and I felt like this was my most the pageant where I stopped listening to everyone telling me how I should look what I should wear how I should act Um, what I should say. And I just did Lexi and it worked out the best. So in my mind, because I was the girl that didn't really invest any money into this, (laughs) I felt like, you know what? This isn't rigged. (laughs) It made it easy. (laughs) Huh? It made it easy for you. Yeah. So like, cause you know, sometimes I always thought like, "Mm -hmm, she won. She did have a two page ad that she spent $5,000 on. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I that was not the case here it was a fair pageant and I think people only know what like they might read on a comment or maybe get like a one bit of something but they don't know the full story and really behind the scenes like there are so many amazing people that are trying to help you in the organization that don't even get the credit like the people that are putting in a lot of work like for instance you know we have um one of our directors, Will Mellon, he puts a lot of work into um, online and like putting the site together and marketing that people don't even get to see. Um, Sheena puts in a lot of work. I think people see Sheena sometimes. Um, I know like everyone is pretty much behind the scenes putting in work. Right. Um, I found it really helpful. There's a lady that teaches us like social media. Um, her name is Cindy Christie. And she also does a lot of like, um, video work and stuff and um film work and so she helped me a lot with like setting up my online curriculum as well as marketing to people for getting sponsorships and how to set up emails and whatnot because I do spend 
normally Wednesdays during the day from like the time I wake up until about one when I start seeing clients I'm like contacting people about like okay well can I stay at this hotel or here when I'm here would you be willing to sponsor this um hair and makeup I tend to always get sponsored whenever I travel um so that hasn't been an issue and just because the fees add up so Alexia I do want to ask you before we go what would be your most inspirational quote for people who are listening and who are going to compete in the next pageant what would be the best quote that you can give them you only regret the pageants you don't do. Um, I took off a lot of years um, because I was like, well, I'm not ready. I should get my teeth fixed first. I should do this. And you don't know what would have went down those years. So you can't get that back. And we actually, you know, like with USA, like I'm 27 now. This was supposed to be my last year competing retirement year. Like I won't get to go back on the years that like I didn't compete and you never know what could have happened. So compete even if you don't feel ready, just you know, your only competition should be you in the mirror and being better than the person you were the previous year. I love it. Words, I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alexia. We appreciate having you on the podcast and sipping along with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Nice you. Bye.